Hello. <clears throat> We're back in the Gospel of Luke this morning. Chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 28, uh, 26 through 38, and that's page 855 in the Pew Bibles. But first, uh, let's pray. Father, our focus already this morning is by no means a coincidence and not at all by my design but by yours. As we have considered how we ought to pray and why we ought to pray. So, Lord, pray now that your spirit would speak through your word that the lesson that you have for us this morning would be glorifying to you and edifying to us that our hearts would be aligned with yours, which is the purpose of prayer anyway. So, Lord, we give you this time for your glory and our good in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, this account that we're going to look at this morning uh, shares a common theme with our text from last week, and that is the angel Gabriel announcing babies to those who least expected them. Mary and Elizabeth were not expecting the unexpected, rather it was expecting that was unexpected. You're welcome. Some dad jokes just can't be avoided. (laughs) Let's look at our text from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
May the Lord's blessing be on his word this morning. Now, I'd like to do two things this morning based on this text. First, I'd like to examine what Mary is versus what she is not, because there has been much confusion about this based on the teachings of the Catholic Church. The second thing I'd like to do is contrast uh, Zechariah's experience with the angel and Mary's experience with the angel and their responses to his message. Uh, if you if you grew up Catholic or have ever watched much TV um, or are a football fan, you are familiar with the expression Hail Mary, right? It's not just Doug Flutie throwing that ball up there, right? Um, in, in case you've never thought about the meaning of that phrase, when Doug Flutie throws the ball, it's a pass that stays in the air so long that you can say the Hail Mary before it comes down. That's not a joke. That's, right? Hail Mary or Ave Maria, as it's often. Um, this was, in the Catholic Church, this is often assigned as penance from confession. Um, now, in case you've never, uh, well, okay, anyway, so in case you did not grow up Catholic or don't know who Doug Flutie is, um, the, the Hail Mary goes something like this. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Please don't say amen to that. Thank you. I was really concerned. <laughs> I even wrote it down. Please don't say amen to that. This is a prayer that is based on parts of this text and a little bit uh, partly on Elizabeth's response when she first sees Mary uh, later on in this chapter and also partly on the wicked imaginations of men. So it's important to consider what Mary is not versus what she actually is. Um, Mary is not our mediator, meaning Mary is not to be prayed to. First um, Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. You can say amen to that because that's the word of God. Right? Mary is not our mediator. Mary is also not full of grace, as the prayer says. She is the recipient of grace, just like you and I. This prayer falsely attributes Mary with being full of grace in and of herself instead of being a sinful child of Adam uh, in desperate need of forgiveness, just like the rest of us. Here's what the reality of what the Bible says about Mary versus what the Catholic Church says about her. Gabriel says that she was highly favored. The Catholic Church says that she is the dispenser of favors, full of grace. Elizabeth said that she was blessed among women. The Catholic Church says she is raised above women. Mary said that she was the servant of the Lord. But the Catholic Church says that she is queen of angels and saints in heaven. The truth is that the Catholic Church has made Mary into an idol, saying that she was conceived without sin. 
just like Jesus was. When in reality, like us, she too has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. She too has been saved by faith in Jesus. Jesus himself said in Luke 11, 27 and 28, when a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus didn't venerate Mary. Now, if you're familiar with your uh, uh, doctrine of judgment and what happens to the faithful uh, when they die and they await judgment, Mary is dead and awaiting judgment just like all the saints that have passed. She is not at the right hand of God. Jesus is. So when we pray, let's make sure we're praying to the right person. What Gabriel said was true, though. She was highly favored. She was chosen by God to bear the Lord Jesus. That is not a little deal. That is a big deal. That is, she should be honored for her faithful service, but not worship. She should be honored for her work in raising the Lord, just as the apostles should be honored for preaching the gospel and writing the New Testament. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, Mary, not an idol, not to be prayed to, she's a saint just like any of the rest of us that have faith in Jesus Christ. She needed her sins forgiven just as we do. So now that that's all out of the way, let's consider our text and compare Mary's experience with Zechariah's. I said to Carolyn this week as I was preparing that this all seemed very familiar. It's just another sermon about Gabriel showing up to tell somebody else that they're having a baby. <laughs> really? Two weeks in a row. The reality is that though there are definite similarities in these accounts, the reactions of the recipients of Gabriel's news was actually quite different. I personally thought it was funny about the angel and the baby. Still isn't funny. I, anyway, let's look at their reaction. Verse 26. In the sixth month, which is not the sixth month of the year, it's actually Elizabeth's sixth month of pregnancy because we just left Elizabeth, right? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, when Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, Zechariah is serving in the temple in Jerusalem which I don't know if you're aware of this, it may seem like Ossipi is the center of the known world, but the truth is it's Jerusalem. It is the holy center of, of this planet. That's where the focus of the major religions of the earth are based, the city of Jerusalem. Zechariah, humble as he was, was in a very important place. Mary 
was living in a place that's a little bit closer to the reality of Ossipee, uh, in the sticks, in the backwater town of Nazareth. And scripture even testifies what people thought about Nazareth. When they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, that's obviously where it departs from Ossipee. You don't even need to ask. <laughs> so let's look at Zechariah quickly back in verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. So now Mary and Zechariah, they're both doing their thing when Gabriel shows up, right? And the, the Bible uses the same root root word they're both troubled um the greek word the greek root word is the same mary is wicked troubled and zechariah is just troubled I, that's what it said in the lexicon i was reading um but they're troubled by different things and that's important gabriel hadn't said anything to zechariah yet he just showed up and Zechariah was troubled by his presence. Mary, on the other hand, the Bible says, was troubled by what Gabriel said. Her concern was, was what his greeting meant. Not, not that his presence wasn't surprising, but her main concern was what, what was the meaning of the angel's greeting, according to Scripture. What's interesting is I, I know... For me personally, this is a Christmas account. This gets read at Christmas. And we just kind of blow through this to get to the manger, right? Because it's all about Jesus, right? And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But this is important stuff. What's going on here? There is a lot to learn um, from what's going on here. And what we see, one of the things that we see is a very early indication of what Mary's personality was like. She's actually, uh, this comes up several other times in, in Scripture, that Mary was a, a, a very pensive person. She thought about what was going on. It wasn't just, huh, angels. Cool. It, she thought about, what was going on. And we can see throughout gospel accounts that she treasured up things and pondered them in her heart. Right? When the, angel, when the angels appear to the shepherds and the shepherds show up at the manger and then they're like, Yahoo, and then leave. And it says that Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart, thinking about what, what does this mean? Right? She's wondering about the meanings of things. When Jesus was a boy in the temple and he was teaching the experts there in Jerusalem, same thing. She's wondering what this was all about. Um, it's a really kind of kind of neat thing that it's easily glossed over. And when Gabriel appears to Zechariah, Zechariah is gripped with fear. But when he appears to Mary, she carefully considers his greeting. And, um, another major difference in their response is is in their response to what Gabriel. Uh, was there to tell them uh, that they were each going to have a son. Um, we looked at Zechariah's response to that message last week. And he was troubled with doubt and distrust. And he says, how will I know this? I'm, I'm an old man, and my wife is an old lady. 
um, he basically asked the angel, Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, how do I know that what you're saying is true? Now, we're all, we're all, of course, if that was us, and here comes Gabriel, be like, whatever you say, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe you would. You can come up, yeah, next week, it's your turn. Tell us all how to do this right. right? I, I, don't, I can't say what I, what I would say if the angel Gabriel just showed up. Um, I don't know that I would ask him, how am I supposed to know that what you're saying is true? But the truth of the matter is that Zechariah's response to the angel Gabriel dishonored God. It was doubt and distrust. Uh, was the source of his how question. How do I know that what you're saying is true? Well, both Zechariah and Mary responded to Gabriel's uh, Gabriel's message with a question, how? Zechariah says, how will I know this is true? And he questioned the plan's accuracy. How am I supposed to know that what you're saying is accurate? But Mary, when she asks, how, how will this be? She questions the plan's possibility. Not, not whether or not you're saying, yes, this is going to happen. Like, okay, I get it. But look, there's some natural laws here. This doesn't generally. So how is this going to work? Zechariah asked, how can it be? And Mary asked, how will this be? She didn't doubt the Lord's word through Gabriel. In fact, her, her response shows just the opposite. Her response shows admiration and faith. She simply just asked, how is it to be contrary to the natural laws of human birth? But how will this be? The, the whole Greek words and tenses there is very important. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? So Mary um, had a fiancé but not a husband. Uh, she was betrothed to Joseph, but they weren't married yet. And in the first century, I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, betrothal in the first century was a legally binding arrangement, um, ended only by divorce. And as you can see from Joseph's heartbreaking response to finding out Mary was pregnant um, and that he wasn't the father, you can read that in Matthew 1, he decided to divorce her quietly to not put her to public disgrace. So that, um, in the Greek, how will this be, since I am a virgin, that's a euphemism. Um, uh, the Greek literally says, I have not known a man. She's saying to Gabriel, I don't, I don't have a husband yet. There are, there's natural laws here, so you're going to have to find a way around them. Because Mary did not yet have a husband, in her mind, there was no way for her to conceive a son. She obviously did not live in 2021 or two, whatever year it is right now. But Gabriel went on to explain the plan a little more fully and to bolster her faith, bolster her faith with news that her old cousin Elizabeth was expecting too. Verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Where Zechariah responded to the angel with doubt, Mary responded in faith and humble submission. Where Zechariah was made mute for his response, Mary would suffer much more for hers. Zechariah couldn't speak and maybe couldn't hear for nine or ten months. Mary would have to suffer the shame of being pregnant before she was married. The law said that she was to be stoned to death. She had to explain the situation to Joseph and to her family. But even after Joseph's dream and his decision to take Mary as his wife, she would still have to watch her son suffer more than anyone else, even though he was innocent. She would watch as he was beaten and crucified for our sins, the sins of the world. Warren Wiersbe wrote, Mary's believing response was to surrender herself to God as his willing servant. She experienced the grace of God and believed the word of God, and therefore she could be used by the Spirit of God to accomplish the will of God. We were talking about this just as we came in. When we pray, we are not moving the hand of God. When we pray, we move the heart of man to align our hearts with God's desire, to align our will with God's will. When we pray, we should pray this way, in submission to the will of God. We don't want our loved ones to hurt. We don't want difficulty and pain and hardship. But God is at work in all of that. If God could be at work in what Mary had to go through, that affected the whole world. We don't know how the things that are affecting us will affect other people. And what we see as negative, God uses as a positive for so many other people. And we don't need to compare war stories to show, see how bad it was for me, and here's the good thing that happened. But those stories are important. Look at Mary's story. She had to suffer. She had to watch her son suffer. She had to suffer shame and disgrace. She had to suffer emotional anguish and pain to be powerless in the face of forces that that were, were harming her loved one. But it was necessary. Gabriel's message to both Zechariah and to Mary is not unlike the gospel. The gospel announces the grace of God into impossible circumstances. Though we are sinners we are and are undeserving of God's forgiveness, because of his great love for us, he sent his son Jesus to live a life without sin and to die on the cross in our place, that whoever would believe in him through faith in his name would be 
forgiven. Forgiven of their sin and given a place in his eternal kingdom as a part of God's family. As God's child forever. So, let us respond like Mary in humble submission and faith. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be unto me as you have said. Amen. Amen. Father, this um, is a simple, I don't think we often uh, appreciate just how difficult this was for Mary. But we praise you, Father, for her response. We praise you for her example. As a believer in Jesus, how she responded to what you had, the message that you had given to her, the path that you had laid out before her, even if she didn't understand everything that was going to happen or how hard it was going to be. Father, may our hearts align with yours. May our wills align with yours. May your will be done on earth in us as it is in heaven. We love you, Lord. May we prove it. In Jesus' name, amen.